I'm Robin. And I'm Wayne. We're investors at VMG Partners, and we help build iconic consumer brands. Every day, some of the world's most fascinating founders share their stories with us before they've made it. Their highs and lows. Mistakes and triumphs. But always extraordinary results. And now we're sharing these stories with you. This is Unfinished Biz. I do remember one oh shit moment from a few years ago on Amazon when they deleted all of our reviews. And it was like, oh my God. Like, because I look at it, I look at it every morning. And yeah, well, it was was like 600 reviews and it was like 22 reviews. And I'm like, what the fuck? On this episode of Unfinished Biz, it's a family affair. Courtney and Gordon Gold are that rare team that just so happened to run a vitamin business together as co-founders and co-CEOs. Smarty Pants gummy vitamins are non-GMO, allergen-free, and made with eco-friendly ingredients. But in a highly competitive wellness category, Smarty Pants has their work cut out for them. Still to this day, every day, we are hyper-vigilant about what is going on not only with our own SKUs, but all of our competitors on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and Amazon's policies, too. Find out how both Courtney and Gordon's extensive experience in both the startup and nonprofit worlds led to the launch of Smarty Pants, why their hyper-focused approach keeps them ahead of the competition, and how Smarty Pants is bringing health and nutrition to every corner of the planet. Unfinished Biz starts now. So, Rob, have you ever thought about starting a business with your wife, Jess? N- uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's kind of a dangerous question, but but no. What about yourself? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I can speak for Amy, my wife. She definitely would not want to partner with me on anything. I think being married to me is enough. Uh, I, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Rob? I know. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy looking back on the businesses that we have invested in. It's almost, I want to say, a quarter of those businesses were started by husband-wife teams or brother-sister teams. It's wild that it's 25% of our portfolio, but what also makes these this hubs and wife team unique is that they're both prior tech entrepreneurs. And it's not surprising that they brought that tech background towards their CPG startup in a unique way by really focusing on digital marketing and Amazon. To hear more, we caught up with Courtney and Gordon in our VMG offices in LA. I think I might be functionally unemployable, so I figured I should, probably, <laughs> I should probably start my own company, actually. Um, and I also, I mean, the honest truth is I wanted to have control over my schedule, and I naively thought that I would have control over my schedule, and you kind of do, but, you know, having a company actually takes over your life. Right? Wouldn't that so, start when you're five, six years old? or what? Yeah, I got in trouble for taking apart some of my parents' electronics and trying to sell the components. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it did start somewhat early. So, And mine was the same, but probably more on the sales side, which is that I, this is so embarrassing. So I, uh, my parents love this story that I took some, a loaf of bread, apparently, out of the fridge and then started going door to door but trying to sell it by the slice. Nice. So you can imagine like a little kid with their Arbitrage. grubby. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I think that's kind of genius, but not thought through because clearly no one wants to buy an individual slice of bread. But I probably it's got some sympathy cash. Do you know what I mean? People are like, right. that is adorable. Yeah. Why are you? So I think I always liked that idea of exchanging something for something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I actually really became an entrepreneur until probably two ventures ago when I – 
sort of, I think, stepped into that idea. In other words, I think I told myself I wanted to be the person behind the person. Mm -hmm. But I think that had more to do with fear than what I was actually really good at. And I'd had so many people saying, you should be doing this yourself. You should be building something. And uh, and that really changed in my last company when I really sort of took the helm and was a founding COO and then started to realize, like, I'm good at this and I really enjoy building things, particularly in complex environments where there's lots of challenges. So what what was the venture to two ventures ago and then what was the last one and so clear which is a fast pass for airport security oh, that thank was, god for clear it's, like, was, it's, yeah. it's like a lifesaver right. and it was you know what when it was first started steve brill was the person who had the idea the founder uh it had even more benefits right not taking off your shoes not taking the laptop out of the bag and it really was a brilliant idea which is how to not overload the security process and have people pay for the privilege of not having to go through that process but it allows tsa to do a better job with the people who aren't paying right, right. and it's shifting right. the burden away from taxpayers to the private sector. So I thought it was a brilliant thing, actually, and a, and, a, and a real good. And people were so devoted to the service. So it was amazing because we didn't know anything about airports or aviation or counterterrorism. There are a lot of things involved right. in launching that business in the airport environment at the time that we did it, uh, not too long after 9-11. So it was an extraordinary thing to be a part of. I was really grateful. It was very, very, very hard. And was that was that two was that the one that's that two was just before Smarty Pants? That was okay. the thing I did before we launched the company that we are now running in a built uh, in our building, which is Smarty Pants. Got it. Yeah. And then what what inspired you as a couple to launch a business together <laughs> as <Madness>. entrepreneurs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delusion. I don't know. Uh, so what ahead. do you think? Yeah. Um, Look, the Smarty Pants. The idea just came out of conversations us and our two co-founders around how hard it was to find a good solution for the kids uh, around uh, gaps in their diet. So is there a supplement that the kids would take that we would feel good about giving them that was also affordable? And those things existed, but they were three different products. There wasn't one thing that solved all those problems. And so we launched it really not as a company, but as a single product on Amazon is like, oh, this is a lifestyle thing. This is cool. It'll solve a problem we and our friends have. Mm -hmm. But what happened was we got all this feedback from parents saying, I have this problem too. I wish you would make one for me because now I'm stealing my kids' gummy vitamins. And that is that was like in 2011. And that's when Gordon and I really stepped back and realized, you know what, the, the, this problem in supplements, which is really compliance, exists for everyone. And what if we really tried to design something for every demographic you know, that got at that, that got at that issue of compliance. And that's kind of when the company was, was really born. And, I think. And so when you launched and went to, when it was on Amazon, was it already called smarty pants at that point mm-hmm. or was it something? Okay. Yeah. That's what we were from the very beginning. Nice. How'd you come up? How'd the name come about? Uh, cause we had originally been looking at something for kids brain health. And so we'd been kicking around names and one of our co-founders kind of said, Oh, we should call it smart. I like, I think we were talking like egghead or something. <laughs> term. Well, and we were talking like, about seaweed snacks and yeah. how they're good for your brain yeah. uh-huh. and why our kids loved them and that stuff. And Brett Costin, who's one of our co-founders said smarty pants. And, and like, I think oh, we were like, ah, oh, that's, that's a great yeah. name. And it's funny cause when we went to make adult products, there was a whole conversation about whether we keep the name or not. And we had investors actually at the time we were raising a very small amount of angel money and they they said this is great but we'll only invest if you come up with a different name for the adult product because no one will take that seriously mm-hmm. and we walked away from the money we we're like that's not right actually it's a great name yeah. and it's very memorable and you don't have to have some super serious you know like they wanted the label should be black with a fist right. raised right. you know what i mean it's <laughs> like all that absurd stuff yeah, yeah. and so that was interesting too because um that was a good moment for us to define the brand i think what I also found interesting is, so you guys started and you went to Amazon first. What well, was behind 
explain sort of that idea? I mean, we, we started originally on D2C, and it mm-hmm. became really clear that um, Amazon, we could acquire customers for an eighth of the price on Amazon. Um, and my my venture that I'd done immediately prior to Smarty Pants was like a, a, a too early version of Pinterest. So mm-hmm. I had actually seen sort of the, the potency of consumer-generated reviews and, like, how that would work. And given that we both come out of the technology industry, I was like, okay, Amazon, they have 200 million customers. They understand reviews. I understand how reviews work. I understand how SEO works. Let's focus on that as an area. And it was really, like, it was kind of, I mean, there was a, that was a moment in time when the a lot of the traditional brands were on Amazon, but mm-hmm. it was kind of an afterthought for them. Mm-hmm. Um and the and the health and wellness category on Amazon was still very small, so it was a it was a really opportune time to get into Amazon. But coming out of the tech space, how did you? What were the steps that you took to figure out how to make? I mean, how do you, how do you make a vitamin? <laughs> yeah. right? how, do you, how do you how do you find a, a brand name and make up make put it in a bottle and get it into and get it into Amazon? How did you how did you learn all that? I mean, every company I've done this is my fourth company, I guess. So every company that I've done, I've known basically nothing about this sector before I went into it. So part of the fun of being the entrepreneur mm-hmm. is like learning how to figure all that out. Absolutely. And sometimes you do it the conventional way, how everybody else does it in the industry, just because that's the optimal way to do it. But a mm-hmm. lot of the times you end up kind of backing into stuff in some different way that w- that may yield unintended benefits to the company or to the operating team or a competitive advantage that the incumbents don't have. So, but how'd you do it here? Uh, in this case, I mean, I, we both had a long-standing interest in health and wellness. One of the co-founders runs one of the biggest preventative health clinics in Cal- in LA. Um, so he have, designed the formula. Designed for the us. formula. Um, mm-hmm. We have a scientific advisory board now, uh, but he was basically our initial scientific advisory board. Uh, and it was really like looking at, I mean, I... Lots of phone calls. Like we called all call. the, manu- we looked at the manufacturers. We got advice from different friends that might know people. And that's how we found uh, our manufacturing partner. Yeah. And so we had the formula. And then the last piece really was Vitamin Angels, which was the nonprofit Uh-oh. part. Okay. Because that was the thing that I think I was probably really focused yeah. on. And uh, having known Blake, and I always give him credit from Tom's Shoes, mm-hmm. and thinking, you know what, that's a really interesting model. And because in vitamins in particular, a matching grant is so cost-effective because it doesn't cost very much mm-hmm. to that's give right. a child a year's worth of nutrients. And so that was the last key piece. And uh, I heard about Howard Schiffer, I think, from Joanne mm-hmm. Wilson. Yep. And uh, we went up and met with them, and he thought we were nuts. You know, I was like, we're going to change the He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? In his tiny office in Santa Barbara. And now we're the number one, um, in, you know, sort of brand partner at Vitamin Angels. Of course, Smarty Pants is a CPG company, and we're, we're super focused on the quality of our product and the efficacy but I sort of fundamentally have always looked at uh, what we do as kind of a, essentially a digital marketing strategy. And so, like, it's somewhat in a way incidental that we have a physical product from my standpoint because I really run the, the, the digital side of the business. So <laughs> I, I always look at it as, like, how do we serve the algorithm and and then what do you do to to optimize? It's really that? an algorithm company that happens to have a product. No, see, now I would say the opposite. <laughs> this is why it's so good to have both of us. Because exactly. I'm I like literally the opposite, yeah. which is we are absolutely product led company, <laughs> and that's what I spend all of my time on. Yeah, well, I, that's why. I, I, but that's why it's yeah, a really powerful yeah, partnership. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's yeah, what's made no, it great. I, I want to yeah. be clear: we're very focused on product quality. He's like, Courtney's going to yell at me in the car. Exactly. So people who can't see, like, you know, all sorts of like kicking under the table. 
elbow, 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 elbow. elbows. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but anyway. I think that that's actually to Courtney's point. It's like we, you know, we each bring different sort of perspectives to the table, and so I think that that was very helpful, you know, because when we started like digitally native companies, that wasn't really a thing, and so I think we were but look, part it was of the first just, wave. Of it that. was so much messier than how it sounds. Oh yeah, like, look, oh, we were yeah. in our house. Yeah, this it thing was, was shit in show. our. <laughs> it was in our back house for the first five years. Right. I worked standing at our kitchen pass through. We had a tiny little back house where Gordon and eventually we added a few people we're working you know the truck is backing up into our alley <laughs> uh-huh. our neighbors are mad right. the one time we got some we had the opportunity to do media there's a jackhammer going off in the background because <sighs> our neighbors are doing work you know what i mean like it was ridiculous and you just like you you find solutions because you have no other choice right. which is why not having capital in the early days is so important because it forces the in, sort of better thinking, smarter thinking, better solutions because you don't have the luxury of throwing cash at a problem. That's right. You have to be really efficient with yep. it. That's right. Yeah. So after you launched on Amazon, again, what ground us on the year and then kind of where did you take the business from there? 2011 is yep. when we launched that single SKU. Yep. So I guess it's 2012 that we really became Smarty Pants because the 2011 was Amazon Kids Complete, that one SKU launched. Mm-hmm. And then 2012 is when we said, okay, this is something bigger. Like we could change the industry. We could really... Uh, create a different perspective on how you solve a problem with supplements. So what was the next phase from there? Did you did, did you pivot into to brick and mortar stores? Walk us through kind of how how you how you moved on from just a single SKU on Amazon. So the the first thing was adding the adult SKU just mm-hmm. to see and because we were new to all of this, we didn't do anything very fast because we couldn't afford for it to not work, right? So first it was adults, does that work? Is it selling as well? Are people interested in it? Okay, that's working. And then it wasn't until 2013 that we actually went into our first store. And even there, we moved pretty slowly, Whole Foods. And you know, having number one rank on Amazon started to matter more and more. And so mm-hmm. retailers were calling us, but we really wanted to make sure that we got into retail and all of a sudden the margins are different, the cost structure is very different, the price on shelf is very different. Right. And is that still viable? And will people pay? Do they understand the, the um, exchange of value, why it costs more than a normal multivitamin? You know, all those things. And so as we kept seeing, yep, it's working, yep, it's working, then we, we slowly expanded doors and added doors. And then it really started to accelerate dramatically, I would say, in 2015 when we took a step into major mass retail. So, so what were some of those early learnings when you first went into Whole Foods as, as a company that only had been on Amazon and then previously being in the tech space? I mean, I'll just talk about the retail part because Gordon really is focused on the digital part, and yeah. so I've been a part of yeah. the retail strategy. The uh, I think the biggest one was, one, you can't pivot <laughs> when something is on show. <laughs> right. Like, you, you know what I mean? We, all, we both come out of tech, and so that's a different understanding once something's out. Uh, and I think, two, is just all the details with the way money can get wasted in a retail environment. And it's just, it is unfortunately about the details. It's paying attention to chargebacks. It's paying attention to slotting fees and all those things. And they're different with every retailer. And most importantly, how important it is to get your pricing right. right. And the relationship of your pricing in different retailers, because that is very hard to unwind. And we got good advice early. We were lucky. That well, way. I guess that was going to be my question is, where did you get that advice? Because all, all those things people can learn 
you know, from mentors or they can kind of learn the hard way. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think on the pricing part, we were lucky. We had a couple of really good brokers, frankly, who it was in their interest, right, to make Mm -hmm. sure we were successful at those retailers. But they were the ones who said, look, as you go into these other channels, here's the way Walmart thinks about pricing. Here's how Costco thinks about it. And that was years before we went into those retailers. But they said, you really want to start thinking about that now. So it was really good advice from a self-interested party. But that's sometimes the best kind because Mm -hmm. you know it's, you know, honest. You're aligned. Yeah, exactly. Your interests are aligned. Did you find when you went into Whole Foods and other brick-and-mortar channels, did it accelerate or hurt your Amazon business? Or neither? I, I mean, Amazon was growing so rapidly, and we were outpacing Amazon's own internal growth dramatically. So I, maybe, but I, I kind of think it might have been additive because it's totally. like I think a lot of people might have seen us on Whole Foods and bought, bought it there once or twice. But, you know, it's 100%. more expensive at Whole Foods, and then they're like, oh, it's on Amazon. I can get it on subscribe and save. I mean, we also made – a big push into subscribe or to uh, SNS subscribe and save on Amazon early, mm-hmm. so that really helped sort of kick off the flywheel on Amazon. So once you kind of get upward momentum on the spiral on the on the flywheel on Amazon, it can be a self perpetuating right. strategy for you. So, By the way, for our audience, yeah. I mean, Gordon has been one of the the real leaders in Amazon thought Absolutely. leadership. I mean, mm-hmm. in, for, for both you know on yep. behalf of both me and Robin, I mean, yep. it's. And all the brands we've seen over the last decade, yeah. Smarty Pants is probably stronger on Amazon execution than any brand that we've ever seen, and yep. it's really led by you. And yep. it's, thank uh, you. It's, right. it's, so I think for our audience, if you, if you if there's a brand that you're looking to mimic, and you go, "Wow, let me go look on Amazon and see the type of interesting things they're doing," mm-hmm. Smarty Pants is the brand. Oh, thanks, and, it, and I think the interesting thing was you leaned in really early. Yeah, I think that what you had said before that other people were like, "Ugh, this is something I have to deal with." Yeah, as right. opposed to oh. This is an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. And right. what about Am- like why did you just have such a contrarian perspective at that point? Uh, I mean, for me, it wasn't necessarily contrarian because, uh, as I think I alluded to earlier, like I'd started a company that was in the social commerce space that was like Pinterest, but a couple of years before it. And so I had really sort of seen the, the, the viability of both how SEO can impact your traffic sources and uh, also how effective user-generated content is at driving conversions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just anecdotally, I was like, well, I go, I look at Mm -hmm. reviews, and I, you know, I make a quality, I, do they have a lot of reviews? Okay, well, that's sort of the gating condition. And then it's right. like qualitatively, are these people mm-hmm. who have similar perspectives on whatever it is I'm looking at buying to me? So there's sort of different striations on how you think about it. And it's like really parsing, you know, when do you serve the algorithm? And at what point is do you leave the algorithm behind to really focus on the human customer? And so getting that balance right is really, I think, the the, the art of it on Amazon. So. And the vigilance. I think the thing and that the, you, the other thing yeah. that you realize is you really have to take – it has to be a full-time commitment that still to this day, every day, we are hyper-vigilant about what is going on not only with our own SKUs, but all of our competitors on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, call, uh, and Amazon's policies, too. Correct. Right. I call it an obsession. Yeah. I always yeah. think you've been obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, almost, like, almost like vigilant is almost like under understating right. what you guys do. That's, yeah. Maybe you don't even realize because it's, it's norm. living this it's way. Your <laughs> norm, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's Marty uh, Pants' obsession with yeah. Amazon excellence. And, yeah. you know, pivoting back to retail, walk us through kind of after Whole Foods. 
How did you continue to roll out from there? And what were the continued learnings you had? Well, the reason for doing it really is, look, Amazon has always been kind of our North Star, for sure. But the reality is people still discover brands in store. Mm -hmm. And the volume of sales were still in store. So we knew that it was really a way for them to meet the brand. And then eventually they might migrate to Amazon. But we were going to get more brand exposure and build brand equity in a more cost-effective way if we were sort of with those key retailers. And credibility. And credibility because that's right. There is a – people know that Whole Foods might ask more and Costco for sure might ask more of their vendors than if you're just on Amazon in terms of quality checks and right. show me the, the proof you have for the claims you make on your labels. And so it does become, I think, a, a good uh, quality check for people. But so when, so where did you lean in next? So outside so of Whole Foods, one, what, what, what was a difference maker for you guys? The difference maker for sure was we made the decision all at once, which was a big risk. <laughs> this was like a company, it's really going to work or we are going to have a major problem if it doesn't. Um, was to launch at Walmart, Target, and Costco, uh, all in March of 2015. Oh, wow. <laughs> For a company that had not. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? We sort of, we saw that report, this Mintel report came out. It was, uh, I think, at the end of 2014 that said, you know, gummy vitamins are going to grow. They're going to be a billion-dollar business by 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, or it was maybe, no, I'm sorry. It was like 2018 or 2017 yeah, or something. Two and a half. Billion. And we looked at each other. We're like, look, everyone and their brother is going to come for us. We better get out now as widely as possible and mm-hmm. start protecting shelf space and all those things because it's going to get harder later. And so we took the risk knowing that we already have enough demonstration of adoption and velocity and we knew our growth wasn't being driven by 50 SKUs. We didn't launch with 20 SKUs. We launched at Whole Foods with a SKU. I mean, that's insane, right? You wouldn't do that. And it was a demonstration of the loyalty and the the strength, I think, the way people felt about the brand. So anyway, launching at Walmart, Costco, and Target at the same time was a massive risk. Uh, We did it. You know, we had made a decision collectively as a team and with the board that this was a smart thing to do. And fortunately for us, it worked really well. And uh, my team did an extraordinary job in executing and making sure that we had product where we needed it to be at the time we needed it. And then we just watched the numbers like a hawk to make sure that the and, – and with Walmart and Costco, it was a test. So right. we weren't nationwide. Right. Right. Was, Target was nationwide at yep. launch. And then Walmart and Target were both you know regional tests. Um, and the numbers proved out, and it made, made sense to expand nationally so, after that. So that's so the with those, you know. I'm sure you had a, a thesis going in. Mm-hmm. What were, you know, it's not for the faint of heart to launch at those three at the same time. <laughs> As you look back, what I are... I look so wh- much wh- younger. <laughs> you look great, babe. Great. So as you look, as you look back, what, what are the things that you would have done differently on at those at that juncture in launching at those three? Because I'm sure there's learnings when you make momentous oh, decisions sure. like that. What would you have done differently? I mean, we could have wished that we had, we did have more brand awareness going in, but I don't know that we could have really realistically from a funding standpoint have done that. I think understanding where Amazon might go to and how that might change our distribution strategy. So one of the things that- What does that mean? Well, okay. So what's interesting is that we have the same exact product that we sell in all retailers. Mm -hmm. And so one of the big keys to watch when we launched in Walmart and Costco was, what did it hurt our Whole Foods business and did it hurt our Amazon business? Mm -hmm. That did not happen, which is obviously a big positive from our standpoint. That's right. However, that doesn't mean that a year and a half later, we don't then run into issues that that are very complicated and hard to unwind. Right. Not just 
Pricing because, or what? Well, because the pricing was right, but that doesn't mean that Amazon now all of a sudden changes its policy and starts matching to a mm-hmm. product that is a totally different size and is a different skew. That's right. But from their perspective, is the same product. And right. now you've got a problem because your cost per serving changes, mm-hmm. which then becomes very important to Costco. So I think we would have created probably a bigger gap or we would have done only custom SKUs. Right. Right. Now we know that. Yep. But for the first SKU out of the gate, you know, we had what we had, and we didn't really... That's They want the SKU you already have. That's right. the point. Costco wants something that's been proven that's to right. succeed. But at the a same... A tremendous value to their, to their consumer. Exactly. Yeah. And but so does Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all very aware of each other now. That's and right. Amazon has become so incredibly aggressive and yeah. how they are dealing with brands. And Gordon will... I mean, he'll talk about this, but... The, to us, that is the keep one of the keep you up at night is just you're dealing with an unpredictable giant that has such a disproportionate impact on the entire retail That's landscape right. mm-hmm. that that is scary. I mean, it is. It's you can't. It's there's never been anything like that. It's nuts. No, I mean, and to your point, something that we're all we're always talking with our brands is yeah. all around channel conflict, channel strategy, price slope, and how do you navigate all of that and and how do you do that when six months later they could just change That's something? That's right, and they can change sure. the rules on you. And now you've done yeah. this whole like it's crazy. It's a it's a domino effect basically. Totally. But you mentioned funding. I mean, how have you, so obviously launching with those three customers mm-hmm. um, is a tremendous endeavor from an execution standpoint, but also from a funding standpoint. Walk us through totally. the funding history of Smarty Pants and how you've done it. What's been the approach? So it was mostly Angel from the beginning. Mm-hmm. First, it was just not paying ourselves for five years. <laughs> Another reason Keeps that could be challenging yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do it as a couple. Yeah. That's right. Coach your household Yeah, exactly. It was a big risky move. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game changer was when we, again, and this Mintel report came out, we knew we were going to have to go and accelerate. We did something unusual at the time. Now more and more companies are going out to private equity in some of these businesses when they're small. Mm -hmm. At the time, that was pretty unusual. So we had trailing like $5 million in revenue when we went out to private equity and said, we want to raise money now. And Circle Up, too. And Oh, we we did did raise a little bit on Circle Up. $4 million. But that's... No, no, but that's total over time, not out of the gate. So the... um, the, the big decision was to go out and talk to some of these folks and see if there was enough value add, knowing that we would take a hit, but knowing that we also had such strong right. performance that we think we could retain enough of the ownership and do a minority raise. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's what led us to North Castle, is mm-hmm. that we went through this process and said, we know it's early, and it wasn't a big process. We didn't run a process. Mm-hmm. We didn't, have, you know what I mean? It was like two or three parties. And what year talked. was that? That was 2015. Okay. And it, 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 2015, yeah. Was that af- before or after the, the Walmart, Target, Costco launch it was happening concurrently concurrently basically oh, wow. yeah knowing that as we went national in those two other chains that's where we would need a lot of right. the cash flow because the growth rate is just so dramatic that uh you, your revenue is never paying that's right for the revenue you're for sure you're gonna have yep. six months from now yep. so that is what that's another big pain point for us always is cash and for cpg in general i think i mean for i think sure. companies like vmg With and slope. whatnot is are, are helping to facilitate that but especially like four or five years ago it was like oh we're a baby company we're not gonna you know right, like, right. they were looking yeah. at 20 million yeah. 30 yeah. million sort of trailing not right. three right. and a half yeah. at a five million run rate yeah. you know? so how did you go about educating yourselves on this is the right time these are the right partners like how how Walk us through a little bit of sort of the thinking behind that. Was it really pretty? Mm-hmm. I would like to say we did a bunch of education. You know, 
when you're, it's just, it's so much trial by fire. It's, we didn't do that. We didn't sit down and say, okay, let's now run through all of our, it's like, oh, hey, we're going to need this in six months. Right. Okay, we just go get a, we got to go find somebody. Holy shit. You know what I mean? It is like that. Yeah. Um, and so it was more, we knew who some of the premier mm-hmm. uh, PE firms were. We also focused on ones that would be interested in being hands-on because mm-hmm. it is lonely mm-hmm. and it is new for us. Making a thing was new for us. We understood tech. We knew how to build businesses, but we'd never built a thing-making business right. before. And so we did want a partner that we knew would be hands-on, was game to be involved in a small uh, business that was growing really fast mm-hmm. and we thought would be with us for the long haul mm-hmm. and had didn't necessarily have short-term thinking. And that's one of the things we liked about Northcastle. They did have companies that they hadn't necessarily exited in five years with right. because they thought, you know, if there's more here, we want to stay in for seven years. Or mm-hmm. So um, they've been incredible partners and we just liked the fact that they were knowledgeable specifically about health and wellness, mm-hmm. right? They weren't broad. They right. were pretty focused. And so they understood our business and a lot of the challenges that we were going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're certainly a, a great partner. and Yeah, they've been helpful. I mean, where, where's and, and you mentioned the launch at Walmart, Target, Costco, and obviously Amazon, Whole Foods. Where is the business today, and where do you envision it in the future? So now we're a lot of other. I mean, now we're in grocery, really every grocer. We're in uh, all doors of Costco, all doors of Walmart, all door, right. So in retail, I think we're in the U.S. Focus. We have mm-hmm. now, I think, um, reached a lot of those a lot of those doors. So the growth for us has to do with velocity, just yep. continuing, because we're still just at the very edge of the size of the market with uh-huh. our products. It's other formats, right? And for us... What do you mean by that? Well, we know that people really appreciate our approach to design. In other words, we know that, that people have responded to, and when I say people, we focus very specifically on millennial mom, mm-hmm. right? It's not trendy. It's not cool. It's we're the brand. We always say when, the, when, when a moment happens in your life that things start to matter more. It might be... You got sick. It might be that you're pregnant. It might be things are changing for you and you start to be, it starts to be a more considered decision. That's typically when people come to the brand. So they're willing to pay a little bit more. But I love those people because they're very loyal. Mm -hmm. And because they are a higher hurdle, they, they ask hard questions. If you can address those questions, they're yours for life, and they're very committed and dedicated. And they're also much more vocal in telling other people yep. about the brand. And so those are the people. Those are the people that we really that we really care and, about. And have they voiced certain formats that they that they want from the brand? Well, it's more like we are paying attention to what's going on in the world. Yeah. So if sugars are concerned, okay, how are we going to be addressing that? Right. Because mm-hmm. we know something needs to taste good for people to take it. Yeah. That's a reality, right? But at the same time, we want to balance it against. Look, the science changes, too. We know that things change. Choline is an emergent deficiency, right. so that's something we want to address. Lutein zeaxanthin for eye health, like all those things. And so we both always look at re- reforming what we have currently, but we're also always looking at other formats that might make, uh, make it easier for us to reach more people with our approach. right? And so we get a lot of that from customers. They write us and say... Yep. Hey, I wish you did this. Oh, mm-hmm. I love what your brand stands for. Right. Oh, my friend loves your brand, but yeah. I have this, and so I can't take that. And so that's actually where a lot of the product development comes from, is just thinking about how can we reach more people with our specific approach. We're not going to make a Me Too product if someone else is already making it. I don't want to just slap my brand on something. The world doesn't need more vitamin companies making mm-hmm. the same stuff. It just doesn't. So. And what's the longer-term goal? Is there an outcome you're looking forward to? Are you, is, is this a company that will... Are you looking to sell it to one of the larger vitamin companies? What's the future for Smarty Pants? Look, our, our, our commitment was really to try to change the industry because that doesn't just affect our customers. It affects everyone. We want to try to move the needle in public health sincerely by using different forms of nutrients and then showing other companies they can make that choice as well. Mm-hmm. 
the long-term future right now is we keep our head down and we keep doing what we're doing. And does that become attractive to third parties because they can't solve that problem themselves and innovation is very challenging for them? Clearly, that's a potential. Do we get, you know, inbound interest and people asking us questions? And, you know, for sure. But I think what's different about us is we did not launch this company to sell it. In other words, we didn't sit down in 2012 and say, let's build a company in three years right. so we could sell it. Mm-hmm. We said we want to change the vitamin industry. Yep. I think we could do it. If, if the best outcome for the company's long-term viability is to sell it, then that's what we'll do. But I think what's so cool is we have a very strong foundation. Mm-hmm. It was not a pump and dump. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like, let's yep. launch 50 SKUs yep. and just... That means sometimes, though, it might be more expensive. It might mean it might take longer. It might might not look as pretty. Like, all those things are true, but I do believe we have a company that will be here 15 years from now, Mm -hmm. and we're really proud of that. That's something that that, that I think we really really care about that. So does that answer your question? Absolutely. It's uncertain future, except for the fact that I think that we will be here. Yeah, I think if as long as you keep building quality products and a quality company with high integrity you know the the future will resolve itself and mm-hmm. so as long exactly. as we don't as long as we aren't in a position where we have to do something then that's great um so we you know i think the goal is to continue and options may present themselves and they we may avail them avail ourselves of them or or not right after the break we'll be back with our guests courtney and gordon gould unfinished biz is a vmg partners production You can find us at unfinishedbiz.com and our new Unfinished Biz LinkedIn page. Subscribe to our show for free on any podcast app of your choice. If you love our show, consider leaving us an iTunes review. And now, let's get back to our episode with Smarty Pants co-founders and co-CEOs, Courtney and Gordon Gould. Has there been a bet the company moment for you guys yet? I wouldn't. I'm not sure if it was about the company, but it was a big strategic focus to to pivot to focusing on subscribe and save. Mm -hmm. because it had higher acquisition costs and lower acquisition rates. Um, and so, you know, and, and Amazon doesn't necessarily give you a lot of information about how, what the lifetime value of the LTV is of a customer, but both through a- anecdotal uh, research and sort of qualitative research on our customers and trying to parse through the data to look at it, because we've been collecting our Amazon data for eight years or mm-hmm. whatever it is. We had confidence that we were seeing a high repurchase rate, and then Amazon would confirm it sort of unofficially. And so that became, okay, let's really pivot into, let's lean into that heavily. And given that we didn't have big marketing budgets at the time, it was a risk. And so, you know, but it paid off well for us. So, um, and I think think now, now people are like, oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But back then, at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't obvious that that was the right way to go or that people did actually subscribe to vitamins and that they did stick around. And even for our investors, because they weren't used to that either. You know what I mean? Like spending our money that way was sort of new to them. Yeah. Yep. And the retail one was definitely launching all those massive retailers yeah. at once. But, you know, I think we still have some of them in front of us. And I think that's actually the difference between a company that achieves, you know, that's greatness versus good. Mm-hmm. you got to be willing to still do that. Like, you do have to be willing to bet the company, make some big bets. Because I think you see when people start to get a little afraid because they start to get attached to an outcome. Right. Yep. 
you don't do the cool stuff. You don't do, because that's what made us create Smarty Pants in the first mm-hmm. place. Right. Is we didn't, it wasn't high stakes. Like, you know, it was just us. Yeah. But it was such an innovative, different thing to try and do. And everyone laughed at us. And we're like, you're, you're going to yeah, get all, crushed all, by body fusion. That. You're never going to live. That's right. Know, you don't. Yeah, all, all my but friends it's that, in but tech. But it's that aggressiveness that, that, makes, yeah, that, makes, these, what, that makes these, these plus uh, it's more disruptive fun. brands special. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Plus it's like every day, who wants to be working on the stuff you've already done that's safe? Like right. the stuff that's really exciting is. And we've got a couple of those coming. Like we've got a couple swing for the fences smarty paws was a swing for the fences mm-hmm. what's no one that was doing dog vitamins right and we so we launched what three months ago mm-hmm. uh this big you know it's a supplement line for dogs same idea all in one quality gummy? food ingredients no they're cheese <laughs> that would not be good um but it's, it's you, they are human grade food though you right. can't i've eaten yeah. one of them but yeah. i think <laughs> we, did. we did dare yeah. actually have a video of it that's great nice. we should share that on yeah. but speaking of exciting times yeah. is there one particular moment that stands out in the journey so far on smarty pants there are so many. I really, I mean, we always joke about writing a book. We have kept a log of all these moments where you're just like, you're either crying or you're high fiving. It's just yeah. like it is the reality. I don't, I don't have a single moment because there have been. I mean, there was, there's one every single week. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's one. You know, the ones that end up meaning the most are the ones that are the scariest, frankly, because if you find a way to get through them together as a team, you do end up. Th- it's like you're. I, was saying this to the team the other day. It's like your capacity is now expanded, so now you're you're able to do a little bit more than you were yesterday because of this challenging uh-huh. thing. But learning not to get identified with the challenge because it's so draining. As a human being, you become very tired if you're riding the roller coaster right. all the time. You got to find a way to not get too attached to it, but still uh, care enough that it matters to mm-hmm. you. But as you've mentioned, you know it's it's overcoming these low points. Is yeah. is there one low point that you think of and you go, wow, that 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 was? I mean, that's been, when we thought it might I, be over. I mean, running out of money several times. I was just about times. to say, it's like, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> yeah. thinking that you were going to have to make yeah. a choice. And you know what's great is it's worked out every time. But we've had moments where we're like. We couldn't see, we're like, what are we doing wrong that we can't communicate what is so clearly the value here that there's a disconnect, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so it's worked out every single time, but it's definitely been harrowing. And we've had things like, there have been global shortages of ingredients, and we're tiny, so mm-hmm. we're at the bottom of the list. Right. And now what are we going to do about the product design? Right. Or we've had, um, you know, we've I, had someone, I, just this just happens, like... Six weeks ago, we had a huge launch coming out, and we had a competitor go in and buy out underneath us all this inventory of a particular Ingredient? piece of oh, material, wow. Oh, wow. knowing wow. that we were about to launch. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And, of course, we came back for it and ended up saving it. We actually ended up with a better cost of goods as a result. They right. don't know that yet. I'm going to send them flowers and be like, you thought you screwed us, but really. Yeah. But I, anyway, that I think that... What's shocking I, is the competitive landscape's changed so much. It's become so intensely competitive in the last three years mm-hmm. that there have been there's there's stuff around that. You know what I mean? That makes or sense. people who've done a better job with PR because we have not paid attention to PR. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are companies out there telling a story about changing the landscape of vitamins because they're doing all in one. And I want to be like, what you mean is you copied Smarty Pants? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but but you know what? Who cares? Right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Got to keep playing like, your game. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I do remember one oh shit moment from a few years ago on Amazon when they deleted all of our. Oh, Right. Oh. And it was like, oh, oh my god! How, did, like, how oh. did you even? Did you just like oh, log in one day? It, I look at it every, every morning. Yeah. It's zero. And it, yeah, well, it was, oh at, it was at like six hundred reviews, and it was like twenty-two reviews, and I'm oh. like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, and, just and you like, can't reach a person. Yeah, and it's like we were still a, like piddling little company, right. oh and like, gosh. and that was, you know, oh, we gosh. finally got them reinstated, but it was a couple of weeks of you know hair pulling. Yeah, um, and they also and, pulled us off once. Yeah, they pulled us down, and they'll they'll just shut down your ASINs no without t- for no reason right. like you know just somebody 
at, you know, they have this group called RBS, which is Retail Business Services, which makes decisions sort of unilaterally. Right. And they're in, based in India, so you can't, you, you never know who made the decision, and you can't get them on the phone right. in right. real time. You just see so that you're, you're just, gone. You just see that you're <laughs> oh gone, and gosh. you're like, oh, why? You know, there's no explanation. So, um, so there are there are those kind of moments too. This might lead well into your next question, uh, yeah. Robin. So what? Yeah. I mean, that's passed, but what's yeah. keeping you up at night today? You know what? Honestly, the state of the planet yeah. actually keeps me up at night. Yeah. Is the reality. Even just as a parent, like I think it's something that the industry has to take on quite seriously. I, I do find that nothing else matters if literally the resources are going away, and it has real business ramifications. Access to fish oil, ingredients, all are tied to the health of the soil and the planet. So the real truth is, as a parent and as a business owner, what keeps me up at night is the state of the planet and what we can do to to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. And it is we literally talk about it every day. We talk about it at the dinner table with the kids at night. That keeps me up at night, really. It makes actually other things seem a lot less important. Rob, as you know, one of the things that we've always been impressed by related to Sparty Pants is how they got to the number one rank on Amazon on vitamins, Mm -hmm. a tremendously competitive category. Mm -hmm. And how they did it at the time they were doing this was really revolutionary and really focusing on reviews. And particularly the ones when they had a negative review, they would flip them over into an advocate of the brand through responding to them in a very thoughtful way, sending them product, etc. And with that success on Amazon, they launched Walmart, Target, and Costco simultaneously, which is really flat out insane. I mean, it's crazy even if you started out brick and mortar. The fact that they were able to do it by being more digital first and then going to brick and mortar in such a big way that is mind-blowing. I mean, it's it's just a different world where you might be able to actually change your storefront online relatively easily, but to be able to do that in sort of the tangible, real world of a brick-and-mortar account, that's hard to do. I mean, planograms basically are set twice a year, so you're stuck with what you've got. I mean, one thing they've really proven that they've been able to pivot is combining hardcore exercise with hardcore vegging. <laughs> On a daily basis, I like CrossFit because it helps me vent, you know. So. For those who can't see, you know, he's got massive guns. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, it, it, it takes work to keep those babies up. That's, that's yeah. immediately what you did after you saw the reviews are gone. Yeah, like, exactly. CrossFit right now. Pretty much. <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, like I'm going to the gym right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, you know, we like to travel. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I think we try to expose the kids to sort of the best of L.A. as well. I mean, even just like down, we're in the CAA building and downstairs, there's a great photo exhibit about endangered species, weekend, yeah. which is definitely cool. worth like checking out. And so Very cool. So it's really about, you know, trying to have fun that has some substance behind it, right. not just mindless entertainment mm-hmm. um, We've, but don't so. don't get us wrong we yeah. have netflix the hell out yeah. of some series there are nights where we sit on the couch yeah. and we're just yeah. like ah. and i don't know for me it's it's more probably about reminding myself not to take things too seriously do you know what i mean yeah. laughing being with friends mm-hmm. we like going to the conferences that where we know our friends will be that we yeah. don't get to see so much and right. just have a good time yeah. in the context of learning totally random knowledge that have nothing to do with the business that that's we're great. in yeah yeah i think that's one of the big i think health is becoming sort of you know you've got digital health you've got wellness as a trend and so you've got all and you've got ai sort of uh, uh, uncovering new sort of you know relationships 
between the genome, the epigenome, and various molecules. And so there's a, it's a really dynamic landscape. And so there's a lot of things that don't seem necessarily related that are going to converge in the next couple of years. Okay, before Gord gets too deep into AI, it's time for our signature game. He was about to get deep. Yeah. So it's time for our signature game, Rapid Fire, 60 seconds. Oh, first thing that comes to mind, let's just see how many we can get through here. Okay. Okay. You guys ready? Okay. Who's going to start first, though? I don't know. I think Gordon Gord. should start. Okay, Gordon. Okay. Gordon's going to start up. All Gordon, right. Kick him off. All right, let's go. Cat person or dog person? Dog. West Coast or East Coast? West Coast. Go-to alcoholic beverage? Uh, oh, God. Uh, quad. Uh, quad beer. Okay. Favorite yeah. sports team? I don't follow sports. Biggest pet peeve? People who drive slow in the fast lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, yeah. Favorite superhero? Ooh. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Let's take Gordon. <laughs> Most influential person in your life? Courtney. Aww. Aww. Good okay, answer. Courtney. Is it going to be Gordon? <laughs> probably shouldn't oh, be. Should I, probably, probably, I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Courtney, one place you'd like to travel right now? Ooh, New Zealand. If you could trade, Mars. oh, that's good. Yeah. If you could trade lives with one person in the world for a day, who would it be? Hmm. That's a, who's. Is this my question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elon oh Musk, just to say. I mean, Elon would be cool. Like, I don't know, like w- when Bono is on tour, that would be pretty awesome. Okay, Bono on tour, biggest <laughs> fear, Courtney. Uh, the planet. Yeah. Favorite book? Dune. Most embarrassing yeah. moment? Oh my gosh, when my skirt fell off at my grandmother's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that came out so fast. What are, what, what are you most uh, proud of? Uh, probably my family. If you had access to a time machine, what event or period of time would you go to? Oh, I might go ahead. 50 years? Yeah. Oh. How do you like your steak cooked? Uh, medium rare. What's your Wi-Fi password? No idea. <laughs> favorite, favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. Life motto? Uh, drive fast and steer like crazy. One thing that most people don't know about you? I still have my pet or my, my stuffed panda bear from when I was a kid. That's, that's <laughs> an awesome one. <laughs> it's so cute. Awesome. <laughs> okay, that was a good one to end on, on Gordon's stuffed panda. <laughs> Last question. What advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? Hmm. You better love what you're doing. I've seen a lot of people start companies because they think that there's an opportunity to arbitrage, and it just it rarely ends well. And mm-hmm. even if they make money, they never seem to really enjoy it. So, And they don't usually make money, so they usually get burnt out. Follow or, a passion. Yeah, yeah. And mine would be situational awareness is probably the best skill that you can have, you know, ever, ever attentive to the current environment. And you got to love the process because the outcome is totally uncertain. Yeah. That's good words of wisdom. Yeah. Courtney and Gordon, thanks for joining us Thank on Unfinished you. Biz. Oh, thanks, you guys. It. This yeah. is super fun. You've been listening to Unfinished Biz. I'm Wayne. And I'm Robin. We'll be back on the next episode with Nicole Dawes, founder of Late July Snacks and current founder and CEO of Nixie Sparkling Water. Growing up in an entrepreneurial family, Nicole learned about the food industry early on from her father's potato chip company and her mother's natural food store. Even so, launching her own business was fraught with ups and downs, to put it mildly. You know, 80% of my personality is delusional optimistic (laughs) at its best. I mean, that's just who I am. I mean, I believe that things are going to work out. You know, I think you kind of have to be that way. I mean, if the entrepreneur ever gives up on it, then you're done. 
That's next time on Unfinished Biz. Unfinished Biz is a VMG Partners production. You can subscribe to our show for free in any podcast app of your choice. Send us questions, comments, and feedback on Twitter at unfin underscore biz and visit us at unfinishedbiz.com. These are the opinions of Robin and Wayne and our guest entrepreneur and are not necessarily the opinions and thoughts of VMG Partners. And now a word from our lawyers. This is not an offer to buy or sell any investments. Entrepreneurs interviewed on this podcast may not be associated with VMG businesses and discussions of their companies should not be viewed as an endorsement by VMG. 